We look at some preseason predictions for Olin Zellweger. Uh, we talk about some standout preseason prospect defensemen, including uh, two Habs defensemen and Jabril Toure, who just signed an extension. And then we end things off with the Game on the Line segment for the 2018 NHL Draft, all coming up on today's episode of Locked on NHL Prospects. You are Locked on NHL Prospects, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and we've got a packed episode for you today. We'll start off by kind of predicting what is to come for Olin Zellweger. Is he going to be a top four defenseman right off the bat in Anaheim? Uh, and what can we expect from him this season in terms of production, in terms of outcomes, and how far can he take the Anaheim Ducks up the standings? Then we'll uh, kind of round things off with our second segment regarding defensemen by talking about two standout prospect defensemen on the uh, Montreal Canadiens who have really set out in recent games, uh, preseason scrimmage, all that stuff. They've been looking really great. Um, and we'll end things off as well with our game on the line segment for the 2018 NHL draft, while also mentioning in an entry-level deal that was signed off an amateur tryout for a player who did really well for the Ottawa Senators. So all that's coming in this upcoming episode. But before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. Uh, and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, of course, make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So, Sebastian, we'll start things off with one of our favorites um, in terms of prospect defensemen, right? We've got Olin Zellweger to talk about in today's episode, and it's going to be a fun time. First and foremost, let's look back on his previous season and how he did. Um, had a great season at multiple different levels. Um, did you see any progress in this game in terms of the overall output, in terms of what he does um, well, but especially in, in what he had to work on from the bat that we all knew about, which led him to become a second rounder? Um, what are your thoughts on all that so far for Olin Zellweger? I mean, his development's been going spectacularly. Year yeah. to year, he's been improving so steadily and rounding out his game in a really impressive way. This was a player who uh, was quite young for his draft class and was a bit of a late riser on most boards, yeah. uh, which is, I think, the main reason they didn't crack the first round was because he wasn't really on too many radars for all that mm -hmm. long before the draft actually hit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, there was a reason he rose a lot in the last little bit of that draft year because yeah. uh, in, as a D-plus one, he lit up the WHL and the offensive game took so many strides in that year. Mm -hmm. But I think that his defensive game has taken more strides in like maybe the last year, like since mm -hmm. right now. And uh, he's really rounding out his toolkit to be a very projectable player at the NHL level. This is a player who is one of the best skaters that you're going to find uh, in general in, in the league. Uh, yeah. And uh, he uses that to his greatest advantage, both offensively and defensively. He can cover so much ice both with and without, without the, the puck. He is uh, quite a good transition defender at this point in time. He matches mm -hmm. footwork very, very well. He keeps his gaps really tight. His in-zone yeah. defending on the cycle is perhaps a little bit more questionable at this point, but that's still steadily improving. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see some some 
learning curves once he hits the NHL. But the entire Anaheim Ducks team was going to have similar things going on. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not too worried on that front, but he's going to be, to be a ton of fun and definitely has the, the potential to be a first power play quarterback pretty much right out the, right, right out of the gate. He is a tremendous distributor and he's so creative. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, you know, this is kind of the focus of, of this segment is to kind of figure out where Olin Zellwicker stands from the start of the season. I see him as a lock for the top four. I see him as a player who right off the bat is going to have a fantastic impact on that team. Um, you've got some surrounding skill, but nothing to the level of an Olin Zellweger. And I think that if you put him in a position where he's able to take over the first power play unit, it's over. I mean, it is over. Uh, he, he's going to take ownership of that first power play unit and quarterback it in the pure sense of the term. You know, he, he's going to string together plays at a high level. He's going to um, manipulate defenders out of position in order to open up lanes for his teammates. It's just what he does, and he does it so well. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Do you see him as a lock right off the bat, or is he a player that's going to have to earn that spot as the season goes on? I think a lot of that depends on just how Anaheim approaches the season because, mm-hmm. I mean, they already have Cam Fowler and Jamie Drysdale who are mm-hmm. quite capable distributors and, and power play quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think he's quite a lock to, to take over that role right out of the gate. I, I expect that he's going to have to prove himself at even strength first mm-hmm. and probably start off on a third pairing. But I'd be surprised if he didn't hit the top four by December. So I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think he's going to start out in that role at least like like for an extended stretch at the beginning of the season uh because it's it's also just thinking about like like pairing combinations like do you would you pair him with jamie drysdale at five on five if you depends what you want out of the season if you just want your players to learn to be creative and offensively gifted at the nhl level then yeah you do that Mm -hmm. but you're going to concede a lot of goals so I'm kind of curious to see just how Anaheim approaches the season with that. But in terms of ability and in terms of the quality of the Anaheim defensive core, I definitely think he can. I think it's more about the stylistic matches and, again, yeah. like Anaheim's philosophy for the year. But definitely yeah. possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I agree. To to a certain extent, I mean, you're, you're looking at a player who is in a position where, you know, you're wondering if we pair him to Jamie Drysdale. I don't think the coaches would like that. I think that's a coach's nightmare. But yeah. um, a pairing of Cam Fowler and and uh, Olin Zellweger gives me a bit more confidence in the overall impact on the ice. I feel like Fowler has developed a bit better into a defensive impact player. He started off his his, his you yeah. know career as a more offensive leaning player, but overall his his mindset has shifted, his role has shifted, and he's accepted that role fairly well and has filled it fairly well for the Anaheim Ducks. He's by no means a perfect defensive defenseman, but he leans on the defensive side. He, he, he delegates a lot of the more offensive roles to his partner. And I feel like Zellweger would thrive in that position. Um, It's just a matter of, does he convince the Anaheim Ducks that he's worthy of dethroning Jamie Drysdale? Because they, they, they went with a high pick on Jamie Drysdale and that's, that's a selection that's, a bit more difficult to uh, dethrone on his end. But I'm fairly confident that at the end of the day, we're talking about Olin Zellweger at the end of the season as one of the standout defensemen, uh, the standout rookie defensemen in, in you know this campaign. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be in the Calder conversation. I think that that's very clearly going to be Logan Cooley, Connor Bedard, maybe one other name slips in there by chance. Luke but Hughes. I don't think... Maybe. Luke Hughes would very much be in that conversation given the situation he's in. But if we're comparing Zellweger and Hughes, which he, we already have, 
Um, you know, you're looking at two players in two different seats with two different kind of roles, but also on two completely different teams in terms of their, their season projections. You're looking at a, 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 quite frankly, a bottom feeder in Anaheim, and you're looking at a contender in New Jersey, and it's just, it's apples and oranges, right? But I feel like that's going to play into um, into the, uh, the, the Calder conversation, right? I mean, if Luke Hughes is a contributor on a Stanley Cup contender, we're looking at definite Calder votes there. What yeah. do you think about that? Do you think that that plays into things at the end of the day and that kind of leaves Helberger outside of that conversation, like on the outside looking in at least? Or? Yeah, but I, I, I'd be very... I think Selberger would have to really like blow the doors off in order to, to be in contention there when you combine uh, the players that are still ahead of him in that depth chart with also Anaheim's position in the standings. But at the same time, look, like his his early results in preseason have been really, really good. And I mean, Anaheim's coach has been raving about him. So uh, fill us in a bit about about just how he's been so far and his like first introduction to pro hockey. Yeah, I mean, there was a very specific quote that really interested me uh, regarding the, uh, the the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks, which is uh, Greg Cronin. He basically was talking about how he wants the Ducks to play and as soon as I heard that, I immediately thought, my God, that is all the Zelliger's music. Um, so here's a quote. He says, I'm really focused on how quickly you can see it when you're watching it, right? And, and you can see who's comfortable going up as a defenseman, going up and defending in space above the top of the circles. So traditionally, defensemen are staying close to the net. The Avalanche don't, the Avalanche don't do it. The Hurricanes don't do it. I didn't do it with the the Eagles, the Colorado Eagles, because it's just my view of it is that I think they're all athletes and then we get glued to positions. Well, this guy can do that. Well, why can't he do that, right? Um, why can't the defenseman go D to D, get to the red line, dump it in and forecheck? Because the guy that's forechecking is standing still at the offensive blue line. Blue line. You can't tell me he's not beating him to the goal line. We'll see that as camp goes on. Just athletic things that I think about. This is a long-winded way of saying he wants his his formation to be as dynamic as possible, where defensemen aren't aren't shy to get up to the red line, dump it in, and chase it into the offensive zone, especially when they have a positive speed differential compared to their their teammate who's a four just waiting at the red line or waiting at the blue line to 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 access the offensive zone, waiting to for the puck to come in first so that he doesn't get offside, right? That's the mindset that I feel is going to fit Olin Zellweger so perfectly. Um, you know, he he's the type of player who plays with dare, who, who plays with um, an offensive intensity and an offensive creativity that requires that kind of free form offensive formation. So if that's the direction the Anaheim Ducks are taking, I can't name you a better player than Olin Zellweger to fit within that system as a defenseman. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but that wraps things up for today's effort uh, for this first segment. Now we're going to go into our second segment where we talk about uh, some of the standout preseason prospect defensemen, um, including two Montreal Canadiens defensemen and an amateur tryout who signed his ELC with the, with the Ottawa Senators. Before I get into that, though, a quick word from our sponsors on today's episode. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, that you can use on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. So... Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of Major League 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll be talking about some of the standout prospect defensemen in the preseason um, for their respective teams. Uh, we, we decided to keep it short and focus on three specific players that really stood out for us in our viewings of um, their respective teams. First and foremost, the Montreal Canadiens have always kind of been um, accumulating defensemen. Every draft, they get an opportunity to, in the second, the third round, sometimes even the first, they'll add a defenseman and and kind of improve their decor as things goes on. It, it's been very clear that they've been trying to build off the back end. And it is paying dividends. I mean, obviously, we've seen what Caden Gooley can do at the NHL level. Um, we've seen, you know, a lot from David Reinbacher this season with the HC Cloton in the uh, Swiss National League. Um, but other than that, I mean, you're talking about the surrounding cast. We're talking about Jordan Harris, who was added a couple drafts ago, um, who's who's played in the NHL and played fairly well. Um, you know, they they signed Arbor Jacki as an as a as an amateur tryout. That's been going decently for them so far. Um, but we don't really talk about these two players. They're not really mentioned too much. And I feel like it's a great shame because we saw them right now in this preseason that just came up in the games that they just played. And for me, they were the two best defensemen on the ice in a game that included the likes of David Savard and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of NHLers. They outplayed them. And it's first and foremost, I want to talk about William Trudeau because he blew the doors out um, of, of what I thought were the limits of his game. He When, when he was drafted... Um, by the Montreal Canadiens, I saw him as a fairly responsible but fairly offensively limited player who makes good decisions, is very intelligent, but doesn't have the tools in order to complement that intelligence. That has changed so much. Um, first and foremost, talk me through kind of what your impressions were of William Trudeau before this and like what, what you saw from him heading into the season, what you expected from him this season. And for you, has he exceeded those expectations so far? I mean, Trudeau has been steadily improving so consistently going back to his draft year. Like, this was a player who was on no radar as a D-1 and basically just forced teams in the, within the QMJHL to pay attention to him in his draft year season. And then he got actually drafted, which was not the expectation at all mm -hmm. uh, going into that season. And as a D-1, he was playing a massive role in the Q. And then last season as a D-2... He was a surprisingly effective AHL defenseman and was barely even expected to stick in the AHL last season and was really quite an important piece of that Laval team. So I, I've been seeing that consistent pro progression and kind of the my, my, my entire, uh, I guess, projection for him has not shifted too much. I think he's going to be a very effective bottom pairing defenseman somewhere. I don't know if that's going to be in Montreal because of just how log jammed they are. Like <laughs> the Habs love accumulating quantity in their prospects. And the result of that is they have a ton of players that are NHL caliber and not too many players that are top of the lineup caliber. And William Tabadou is just one of the many in there. And, but the fact that he's even gotten to this point is so impressive, like against all expectations. And, uh, I agree. I think this is a player who is very, very intelligent defensively. He's really composed on the puck. He makes intelligent decisions under pressure all the time. 
<laughs> and I, I've also seen him develop his offensive game. Like he's pinching a lot more fluidly and a lot more comfortably than he used to. Like in the past, he might pinch up to the hash marks and then scurry back to the blue line. And <laughs> now he's very, very fluid in those movements. And he goes behind the net sometimes. He cycles around. He's a lot more confident as a whole. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think he, he's awesome. I, I would expect him to be a stalwart in Laval this season. And potentially an NHL caliber guy within two or two and a half years. Mm -hmm. But again, is there space for him to do that in Montreal? That I don't know at all. I'm not too sure either, but the thing is, I, I feel like he's going to some hands. He has been playing some insane hockey so far. But yeah, for me, like you're, you're looking at a player who I, I saw a little of this off season. Uh, I, I saw a little, you know, promise in the, uh, in last season with Laval, I, I saw a lot of his game in Laval and I saw I saw some path to the NHL, but like you said, it was more in the kind of bottom pair role. But the difference between William Trudeau last season and William Trudeau in, in this preseason so far is so ridiculously stark. I mean, you're you're looking at a player who for me has changed the outcome in this game because what I saw from him in this preseason, I saw a player who the puck followed 24-7 every time he was on the ice. Everything revolved around him on a pairing with David Savard. And yeah, David Savard's not the type of guy who's going to gravitate to, to the puck to start with. But he was playing, you know, behind uh, some, some NHL caliber players and some top prospects. It was playing against sometimes the line of Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and uh, and whoever was on that line as well. Tanner Pearson. Tanner Pearson, yeah. I mean, he was playing against that line and doing great and being the center of attention. It's It's absurd to me that this was even a thing. Um, there were multiple plays in offensive zone where he would get the puck a good four or five times in dangerous areas within one shift. And not because he lucked into it, but because he hit the right pocket at the right time, with the right speed. There's a difference for me between the William Trudeau I saw last year and the, the one I'm seeing this year. And that to me is showing a lot of promise in terms of what I see from him. I see him more as a player who could become a second pair guy, a bit like Adam Engstrom. Um, who is wow. also a big part of this conversation of undervalued, under uh, you know, underrepresented left-handed defenseman in the Habs yeah. uh, system. You know, he, he's got that that vibe about him, but he's more defensively responsible. He's more intelligent with the puck, but less offensively gifted and less of a good skater. But yeah. in terms of the decision making on the ice, wow, he, he's completely changed the my perspective on what kind of projection I can have for him. This was one of the best games I've seen any defenseman play in this preseason. Like wow. it, it was that good. Um, High grade. Yeah, but moving on to Jaden Struble. I mean, he's a guy who's also really. I mean, it's nothing new in his game. Everything I'm going to talk about here, everything we're going to talk about here, we've already talked. We we already knew about Jaden Struble. The difference is, I don't think either of us had any idea he would be able to do this against higher competition in the NHL at a higher pace with higher intensity. But the composure on the puck that he shows, the willingness to carry the puck up the ice. I mean, there was a play where he blocked a shot from William Trudeau. It flew way above his head. He he took three quick strides and outsped the forward to the corner, got the puck, cut to the middle, and then immediately started skating up the ice down the middle. Made a pass, and then in, in, in two passes later, the puck was on the back of the net. Um, just... There's a composure to Jaden Schwebel's game that doesn't fit his frame. He's such a big, physical, punishing player. You'd expect him to to panic a bit or to, to play with a bit more aggression on the puck, but there's so much composure and finesse in his offensive game, especially his break, breakout game, that 
you know, obviously we knew how good he was on the breakout, right? I mean, that's nothing new to us, but what no. do you think of him so far in terms of preseason and how he's been able to do the same things he did in the NCAA at the NHL level? I've been very happy to see it because, I mean, his, his production really dropped off quite a bit in his last two NCAA seasons. And uh, the games I caught were good, but I wasn't seeing, like, the biggest progression in his game. Yeah. But the little bit I've seen so far of him uh, against better competition now in, in, in like, preseason right now <laughs> has been really, really good. And the fact that he's pulling off the same plays that he was doing so comfortably at Northeastern uh mm-hmm. now is is great to see that he's still such a talented breakout artist and that he's uh also working on his defensive game like i thought mm-hmm. his defensive game was quite good and that was something that he had to work on throughout his his college tenure was getting his defensive game out of like the chaos zone and into the controlled and effective shutdown zone yeah and while i, I still think there's some ways to go on that on that progression he's making good steps in that in that direction which is really promising yeah absolutely and you know he's the type of player who i could see potentially playing a game or two at the nhl level this upcoming season he's really been that good and and that intelligent with his decisions on especially on the breakout again that's nothing new we've been talking about this for a long time Jaden sherbal on the breakout is one of the best um at what he does but um Moving on to our final player of this kind of standout segment uh, for prospect defenseman, Jabril Toure just signed a uh, an ELC out of an amateur trial. We love to see those. We absolutely do. So good, love it's it. Great, exactly. Yeah. I mean, players players who get a chance in 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 a in an NHL rookie camp as a as an amateur tryout and then earn their way into a contract. We love to see that. And I've been really impressed with what I saw from Jabril Toure defensively. I, I don't think he's ever really yeah. going to be a, a high end offensive contributor. But man, is he good at shutting down opponents? And when you have the opportunity to add a an, an, an NHL caliber defensive player um, who's a right-handed defenseman um, who who can play a versatile number of roles, but mainly is going to play penalty kill minutes, bottom paired minutes, and is going to give you a good impact. I mean, that's found money, and you take For that sure. every time, right? Fully agreed. I, I'm quite a big fan of Gabriel Toure. I've been following him for the last year and a half, I think. And very happy to see that he's gotten contract. Like this isn't a player who's going to be a a an elite NHL defenseman by any means, but he's either going to top out as like your high end defensive AHL presence, mm-hmm. or he might even go all the way up to an NHL role in the third pairing, as you were saying, in terms yeah. of like filling in that defensive uh, role. And he's really, really intelligent he plays a really simple straightforward game but he executes mm-hmm. it consistently well and yeah. i always love watching him with Sudbury last season so i'm very curious to see what he does in belleville this year yeah he was fairly noticeable on on the sends uh in this preseason so i'm really excited for him and it'll be interesting to see what kind of comes out of this because and how much a tryout gets an elc it's a great story uh but that wraps things up for a second segment we'll, we'll then uh, and now we'll end things off with our typical game on the line segment where we pick a player from each um from each round of uh, a specific draft year and build a starting six for an nhl stanley cup final um this will be coming up after these uh words from our sponsors here at locked on nhl prospects <laughs> All right, so ending things off here with our game on the line segment, we've drafted a starting six out of the 2018 NHL draft, playing a pick, uh, picking a player from a different round uh, for each position. 
Uh, and we're basically going to go head to head and compare our lineups to see who is more likely to win a game seven. Um, so we'll start things off here with the 2018 draft and our starting forwards. Um, I went a di slightly different direction than you. Um, I chose to take my first round pick and choose um, uh, Andrei Sveshnikov um, as my as my first round pick for uh, this lineup here. Um, he's playing beside Yegor Sharangovich, who is also on your team. Uh, and I decided to go uh, with one of the later round picks for my center with Trey Fix Walensky because let's be honest, there are no good options in the 2018 draft for a center, are they? This was not a fun lineup to compile. I'm gonna be not. real. <laughs> <laughs> the center depth in this in this draft is uh, hilarious. Uh, yeah, I think I think the best option was what? Yes, uh, Barry Kotkaniemi was that the best option we had? Barrett Hayton. <laughs> it, yeah, it's bad. Like. <laughs> Either way, you're not passing on Svechnikov or Darlene uh, to yeah. pick one of them. So exactly. there aren't many options left apart from that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I also went with Sharon Govich uh, at left wing. Very few options in the fifth round apart from him. Uh, mm -hmm. He was drafted by the Devils and was just traded to the Calgary Flames in the offseason. Yep. Pretty solid middle of the lineup winger. Uh, pretty, pretty straightforward. Decent amount of skill. Uh, can get you some death scoring. Uh, mm -hmm. At center, I have Phil Kurashev, who is quite skilled, uh, but hasn't fully translated that to NHL production with the Chicago Blackhawks just yet, and mm -hmm. has gotten a wealth of opportunities to do so, even if the lineup is uh, quite weak around him. Uh, there were just very, very few options, so he's my fourth round draft pick, and I used my second round draft pick for my right winger, and I went with Kira Marchenko, who uh, is going to score my goals, because I needed somebody to put the puck in the net, and uh, figured might as well be the guy that does very little apart from scoring. Yeah, I mean, if we put these head-to-head, -head, I'm I'm a bit concerned with your forward line, mainly because Sharon Govich is a scorer, uh, Marchenko yeah. is a scorer. And yeah. Kurchev is a, a scorer? Question mark? Slash You're forgetting who I have at defense, Hattie. I have Rasmus <laughs> Dahlin to do all my playmaking for me. Oh, exactly. Like, this is why I spent my first round pick on my defenseman, because I have a, well, a slightly lopsided pairing of Rasmus Dahlin and Tim Burney. Yep. So Dahlin is going to be the creative outlet in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, uh, look, this was not a draft class that was is that likely to to give us a good lineup at the end mm -hmm. of the day? But yeah. I think with, with Darlene, Sharon Govich, and Marchenko, I like my chances of putting the puck in the net. Uh, Tim Burney is a fairly intelligent two-way defenseman who mm -hmm. I was quite impressed with in Columbus last year when they were ravaged with injuries and he got a decent amount of playing time. He's yeah. fairly toolsy for a defenseman, decent skater. Uh, our friend of the podcast, Greg Reback, is a fan of him too, so... Mm -hmm. uh, Always a plus sign when you have a a, co a, a tactician that's a fan of a prospect. And yeah. in net, I went with Lucas Dostal uh, with my third round draft pick, who went to the Anaheim Ducks, who's Great quite a good goaltender. I'm very, very happy with him. I think he's going to keep the puck out of the net, and I'm hoping mm -hmm. I have enough to put the puck in the net with everyone else. See, so, yeah, the... the... The conversation for me went a different way with my defense and netminders. I mean, first and foremost, if you're looking at my my offensive line, I've got Andrei Sveshikov, who is a true dual threat scorer with a lot of a lot of that creative influx that you're looking for from him. At center, not many options, but I went with Trafix Melanesi because he's more of a playmaking, high pace, high creativity type of player, uh, but also brings a, an edge of intensity. And Sharon Govich is pure intensity and pure goal scoring. So 
that combination I feel gels a lot better offensively. So I decided to go a bit more muted at the defensive line, mainly just to keep things secure in front of my netminder. I went with Matias Samuelson, uh, another um, Buffalo Sabres defenseman. I went a different mm-hmm. route for me. I went with their second rounder. Um, and I added to that Jordan Harris of the Montreal Canadiens in the third round. Wow. So that's my defense pairing. And I'm fairly confident with the level of intelligence and defensive acumen here. But I feel like both can also break out the puck fairly well. You can have Sveshnikov as your F1 and have him basically carry the puck up the ice and create offensively. I think that that, that role for Sveshnikov behind, just in front of those two players would be really good for them. Um, and in net and with Joel Hoffer, for lack of better option, really. I mean, he's a decent enough he's net minder that I'm not too worried. He's solid. Um, not yeah. to the level, in my opinion, of a Lucas Sostel, but definitely I feel like the defensive pairing in front of him is going to secure that well enough that I'm not too concerned in terms of what happens in, you know, in front of him in, in net. So... I if we put them up head to head, who do you think comes out a winner here? I think I do mainly because of Rasmus Dalin. I think there's mm. a big enough gap between him and the next best player in either of our lineups mm. that I feel relatively confident with that. Uh, that said, hockey is a team sport, and uh, but I, I I think that Cherenkovich and Marchenko really give me good goal scoring options at both wings. And that Darlene is a very high-end playmaker that I'm not really too worried about them getting scoring opportunities. And Phil Kurashev is a decent enough distributor within the offensive zone. Uh, I I like the way that he weaves through defensive structures and he kind of creates space off the puck decently well, uh, Mm -hmm. despite not being very physical. So I'm quite happy as a whole, considering the options I had to my disposal. I think our two lineups are quite comparable here, but uh, I think I take mine slightly just because I think that Darlene is a franchise level talent and that Lucas Dostal is a very high end goaltending prospect. That's fair enough. But uh, what do you think as our listener, uh, leave us a, qu- a comment, letting us know who you think would win between those two lineups. This has been it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, if you like what you've been watching, make sure to like, and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to leave us a comment, letting us know what you want us to talk about next, who you think wins between our two formations. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day for your second listen of the day. Make sure to check out locked on sports today. They've got all your news about what's going on in the sporting world. Um, and make sure to tune in for our next episode. As we continue our game on the line segments, talk about, bit more about what's going on in preseason with rookies this has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High and we hope you tune in next time